the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Ron Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Let's get you to retirement is the name of the game on this show. Several humps were cleared yesterday, some hurdles, some bumps, whatever you want to call them. Wall Street has always a wall of worry. I'm trying to think, do parents have that too? I'm not sure, but I think so. There's always a wall of worry, whether it's expensive oil, high oil, low oil whether it's about the next recession, the next depression, the next oppression, whether it's about um, Middle East tensions or no Middle East tensions, whether it's about Asian trading partners with China, there's always going to be a wall of worry. And yet we're in the middle of a 10-year bull market. We get through it. It's something that's... It's almost like... I don't want to say it's like a Jewish mother, like, oh, you look so skinny... And, you know, the, kid, the kid's plenty fat, right? Um, and I know it's cliche, and you're saying, hey, we're living in a world of no cliches, Rob. Cut the cliches. Okay, I'm trying, I'm trying. But hey, I'm trying to use references that you get, too. There's always a negative out there. And what's interesting is that I can kind of tell where it goes by the emails that I get from you. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, I think this bull market's going to end badly, and it's going to be the bear market of a century. Jeez, I'm going uh, crazy out there at the lake. I don't really think you're you're investing in a bull market. I, I think what you're investing in is in capitalism. I don't think it's a roller coaster. I think it's capitalism. If my producer continues to hit the wrong buttons, he will eventually get reprimanded. And at some point in time, he'll say, okay, I better get better or I'm in trouble. Well, and my fault. Exactly. The millennials will never take the blame for anything, right? So, anyway, the whole idea is capitalism. Someone will take his job, or someone will want to take his job, or he'll say, you know what, I'm going to buckle down, I'm going to be the greatest there ever was. And that that's the beauty about capitalism, is we, we create, but we also destroy. So there's always a wall of worry. Now, we're moving into earnings season. Can you guess what the wall of worry is going to be that we have to jump over? Earnings. 
So earnings season happens every 90 days. So out there, let's see what we got. Tesla is trading lower today on news company, and Panasonic have suspended plans for a gigafactory expansion, raising questions about in-demand. It's funny. In-demand. Not on-demand. Not in-demand. E-N-D demand. Ugh. The words we have to dance around, right? Initial claims for the first-time unemployment came in at 196000 it's it's good. Jobs aren't our problem. I got 99 problems and blah, blah, ain't one of them, right? Jobs ain't one of them. But again, it's always about a wall of worry, right? One day jobs will be part of that wall of worry. The year-over-year increase in the markets right now is kind of nice to see. Um, there's not strong selling interest. So when you take a look at your 401k, which you should probably look at right about now, it's a good thing. It's the new year. Tax time is, is come and gone in theory, hopefully, maybe. And what you'll see is the S&P 500 is up 15.2% for the year. What? The NASDAQ, 20%. The Russell, 2000, 17%. The S&P mid-cap, 17%. Not too shabby, huh? And again, some people are like, maybe you're wondering if the market's going to go to zero. What should you invest in? Gold coins. I'm Wilford Brimley. And I'm a huge hemorrhoid. I know you're saying, did you just call Wilford Brimley a huge hemorrhoid? Yes, I did. I'm a huge hemorrhoid. Um, and for the record, that's the legend. I can't actually prove that he is a, hem- a walking hemorrhoid. Just people that, that sell gold is a, a fear thing. Look, you can look at the presidency and say, this is a tough presidency to call. He makes Republicans look like he's got more of an agenda than a Republican. And you're like, whoa. So a lot of Republicans are saying, this ain't my Republican Party. And you would think the markets would be tanking and going to zero and what have you, but it's just not the case. So month to date, year to date, things are looking pretty good. Now, again, it could all change in five, six, seven, eight trays, days of, of negative trends, right? So markets are looking good. Employment's looking good. Now we have to like find the script and figure out what, what are we going to focus on next? Amazon employees are listening to what you say to Alexa. Oh, no. Jeff Bezos is listening. We're learning more and more. Amazon employees are listening to what some people say on Alexa. Amazon says it's to help improve Alexa's functionality. There's a setting that lets you turn off the option when you share data with Jeff Amazon. Jeff Bezos is watching you. Jeff Bezos is not only watching you, he's listening to you. <laughs> I don't know. It's it seems sexual, right? Spying on someone? I don't know. What's wrong with my brain? You tell me. Elizabeth Warren's got a new plan to raise a trillion dollars with a new tax on the corporate profits over a hundred million dollars. Um she's running for president. Do I think anything like that will ever actually come to fruition? Not likely. The proposed surtax would prevent Amazon and other companies with profits exceeding $100 million from wiping out their tax liabilities altogether. Instead of taxable corporate income as defined by the IRS, the 7% surtax would apply to profit companies report to their investors. 
she's she's fired up. She, Elizabeth Warren, can make f- stocks move. People are are truly. I'm not gonna say. I'm gonna say respectful. I, I don't know if that's the right, right word, but real corporate profits. People are respectful of of the, the the fight she picks, so to speak. Anyhow, 21st century crime. The U.S. has charged WikiLeaks co-founder Julian Assange with conspiracy to commit computer hacking. Uh, he basically got hosed. If he was expected to stay in uh, an embassy for the rest of his life, he got that pulled out from underneath him. So the Department of Justice announced a criminal charge against Julian Assange, accusing him of conspiring to hack to break into government computers. Um, it's all tied back to that Chelsea Manning, the former U.S. Army intelligence analyst, who was jailed last month for refusing to testify. So whistleblowing and email leaks. Man, you, you see things like Jeff Bezos and the trouble that he got into with his emails um, and his, his, his phone. And you just wonder, like, why are we putting so much information on the phones? Because it's not like it's the first time that information hasn't been hacked. Again, it, it happens all the time, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about today, we can talk about. Um, a lot of, like, talk about $80 barrel of oil this summer. I did, for the record. I talked about oil yesterday. And I love California because I got an email from someone who was telling me about how wrong I am and that the future of energy is nuclear fusion. Uh, and he says, what, what's a good play on nuclear fusion? Well, there isn't one. Um, there's not a lot of spent nuclear rods that you can go out and buy. There was one company doing it, and for a lot of time, a lot of people had this, hey, nuclear power is coming back. Fourth generation reactors are going to be able to eat their own waste. A lot of people get very passionate about the environment. I got to be careful what I talk about on, on radio, if you know what I'm saying. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM 1220, KDOW. I don't have all the answers. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. What a roller coaster it feels like at times, right? But it's really not when you look at it. I have a chart in my office that's one of those starts it's a hundred years old and it shows you the stock market and how it's moved and it's not quite a 45 degree angle it's not quite you know a teeter-totter where one ends on the bottom and the other ends at the upper corner it's pretty darn close it's a thing of beauty what i like about the chart is it reminds me that even though some days do feel like a roller coaster some days the headlines you know just whipsaw you it's slow and steady when you take a look at that chart Inside of it, you're like, I once saw a movie called Saving Private Ryan, and it was all about World War II. Let's go see what happened during that, that phase. And you look at this chart that's 100 years old, and you can't find it. You're like, there's no dramatic pullback in World War II, World War I. 
There's no dramatic pullback in recessions. The falling stock market. Vietnam. Korea and war. Uh, Gulf War One, Gulf War Two, nuclear strikes, nine eleven, all those things that Billy Joel says in his song. We didn't start the fire, and the, the market kind of grinds higher. It's a beautiful chart. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Are you with me? Against me? You got to choose side. Bezos is in the news a lot these days, <laughs> and. Uh, it's it's that political season that's that's coming up. So Elizabeth Warren is out there. I'm not going to say she's on the hunt, but she's trying to you know get some residents with with potential voters. And um, Jeff Bezos and her kind of exchanging some you know war and words. And on occasion, you'll see Jeff Bezos do that with Tesla CEO Elon Musk, who's cutting, scaling back the Gigafactory, which is implying hey. There's not that much demand for uh, electric vehicles, or not as much for Tesla vehicles. So Amazon, in an annual letter to shareholders, argued that Amazon's growth has benefited its third-party merchants. So you see people like Senator Elizabeth Warren, and she's a presidential candidate. She's laid out a detailed plan for breaking up Amazon, Google, and Facebook. In her vision, Amazon's marketplace should be separated from the rest of the site because she said it crushes small businesses. Hmm. Interesting, right? So Bezos routinely uses the letter to outline his long-term strategy. And if you haven't read uh, CEO's letter to shareholders in an annual report, you really are doing yourself a disservice. Amazon's marketplace now accounts for about 58% of gross merchandise sales on the platform. Amazon helps independent sellers compete against its own business by investing in and offering them the very best selling tools that they can imagine. So says Mr. Bezos. But it brings back that question. You know, no one really loved a Walmart coming into their town, but everyone loves Walmart. It it helps lower prices. It keeps other people honest, so to speak. Don't you wish our U.S. government could buy, like, hammers from Walmart instead of buying, like, a $54,000 hammer? You're like, God, the government wastes so much, right? Gosh. Right? God. Right? So, um... Yeah, so Bezos is kind of, he's all in the news these days, whether it's his personal affairs or tabloid fodder or brushing up against Trump or Warren. Very, very easy target in times of an election. Big companies always are. Let's take a look at some of the top stories of the day. Let's see what we got. Uh, Very muted start to the market. Relative strength, though, in financials. Keep in mind that we are moving into earnings season, and the big wall of worry that we're going to have to get through is, what does 2019 earnings look like? How much are we overconfident that the numbers need to come down? Then we see the jobs numbers, or the first-time unemployment numbers, and you say, okay, the Fed Reserve's going to see that. And the Fed Reserve's got a lot of speakers out there right now. And a lot of times the speakers, they'll, they'll, they'll throw up trial balloons to see how the markets react, to see how people react. Fed Vice Chair Richard Claudia, he said longer-term inflation expectations remain at the low end of the mandate. So he's not seeing long-term inflation. So he's not saying, you know, there's not a problem. We're not overstimulating the economy at this point in time, creating inflation. 
So they can, they can kind of be cool. Be cool, Federal Reserve. Now, St. Louis Fed President James Bullard, he's out there saying the Fed's inflation target may be on the low side in 2019. So he thinks that the current rate on the Fed funds rate is appropriate. Again, another sign of, of we're being told what to expect. Sometimes the Federal Reserve in the past didn't tell you. And they, they kind of, now they're more of an open, friendly, Twitter-verse kind of company. Bed Bath & Beyond dropped 9.2% after it reported a decline in earnings per share and a decline in comparable sales. The company remains optimistic, though, and they've seen double-digit earnings growth in 2020. Now, Bed Bath & Beyond is one of those companies that, to me, has lost relevance. And again, oftentimes I have to like check in with people to see where, that we're all on the same page. I don't like going to the mall anymore. So let's say your kid gets uh, an apartment at college. It used to be like you'd go down and you'd say, well, Junior, Dad's going to take you out and buy you some sheets. Don't forget to wash them at least once this quarter. <laughs> they get kind of a sticky mess if you don't. So you drag your kid to like a Bed Bath & Beyond in the local mall and you'd like set them up with sheets and stuff. Now you're just like Amazon it. I was about to say a word that rhymes with witch. Amazon. I was like getting all sassy. Oh, I know you're saying. I know, I know. My uh, millennial would actually have to put down a bag of chips and, and hit a dump button if I did that. And he'd have to think twice. He'd, he'd look at the bag of chips and he wouldn't want any of them to break. So he'd eyeball where to put them. Oh, I'm in a bad mood today. Can anyone tell? National Enquirer says the tabloid's up for sale. Now, when I see that, I, I just wonder because, you know, the owner of the National Enquirer is said to be real good friends with Donald Trump to the point that he helped him kill stories in the past. Now you're seeing Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, who's accused them of extortion. Maybe maybe some of these, these, these lawsuits just kind of start to add up and kind of wear you down. Maybe. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Rite Aid's going to start selling CBD products in two states. Hmm. You know, uh, I looked up what CVS stands for. I think it stands for, like, Common Value Store. Like, weird, right? I know you're saying, why do you look that up? But Rite Aid's going to start selling CBD creams, lotions, and lip balms in Washington, Oregon. In theory, the, it doesn't get you high, but don't you think everyone's going to be like making jokes about that forever? Anyhow, I'm Rob Black. You're not talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Put together a lot of great downloadables, including a good checklist on the 15 things you need to check off before you consider yourself wealthy. You can find that 15 checklist at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. I live in the Bay Area, and uh, I live on the peninsula in particular, and I think the different areas have different results in the way you view things. I think if you're East Bay, you may be pretty darn tired of San Francisco calling itself the city. I think if you're Peninsula, you may be really, really tired of uh, driving through Marin and going like, where's the cranes? All we have is cranes where we live. So I, I think it's always very, very much so easier to look at others and say things. Now, I live in an area where there's ridiculous amounts of money. Some of it are tied towards startups that will never, ever earn money. And you see people working for them, and they're working their butts off. And they, they buy, they drink into the Kool-Aid like, hey, we're the next billion-dollar company. We're going to change the world. I got it. I got it. Um, so right now, I'm watching what are called the unicorns, right? Uber Technologies. Coming IPO is a moment to reflect on the oodles of investment cash that have resulted in this herd of unicorns. There's a lot of companies that are lining up to go public and basically swap out their private equity for publicly traded equity. So the people who own shares, they're illiquid right now and they're coming to the market during the cash register and some of them are saying I want to buy a boat. I want to buy a car. I, all my sweat equity I want to get some Dilray me for. The unicorn proliferation is a result of changes in technology and investing. Including a decade of low interest rates that have pushed investors to hunt for better returns and riskier high growth assets. So there's always going to be money floating around, and sometimes when that money goes into really speculative areas, it's telling you that that money could have gone into safer areas, but the, the people with the strings have said, I, I don't see it. So they have to flesh out and get a little bit more aggressive. A defining characteristic of unicorns, companies that are, public, that are pushing to become publicly traded, is, you know, one of the things you look at is how much cash they've burned through. Sometimes the winners are determined by the amounts of cash that they burn through. The more, the better. It's kind of not necessarily the best idea, but it's one that basically creates maybe the best product or the best service is burning through all that cash. And how companies like Lyft and Uber differentiate their uses of cash. Uber had a problem with their previous CEO. He um, founded the company. I, I, I don't know enough about him to say too much other than that culture of burning through cash was very masculine. And it left a lot of people uh, who are sensitive to such things with a lot of ammo to go against him. So... One of the things we're looking for is where's the next round of cash going to? Who's going to get more capital? You know, the elite startups of the 2010s included companies like Uber and Didi Zhongjing and SpaceX. And they are potentially disruptive and lasting companies. But then you see some other companies like Lyft and maybe go Lyft and Uber, maybe not. When you start seeing the financials of Lyft and they're not going to be profitable until 2020 and you start saying, okay... We see Snap burning through a lot of cash post-IPO. Is that what Lyft is going to be? Now, Uber, can they turn off the cash burn rate and turn on the cash rake? Where you get the rake out of just pulling cash. I think Uber is better positioned to do that than Lyft. And personally, I, I like Lyft better than Uber. 
for no other reason than marketing campaigns that Uber was an evil company. I haven't had a bad experience with drivers. I haven't been left in the middle of midnight in a cornfield with my hands tied behind my back and being robbed. <laughs> it's nothing like that. But like electric scooters are more of an appealing thought to me. Even though doctors tell me like the emergency room is just filled with people from uh, electric scooters now. But I'm all about the do-re me. And if Lyft makes as much money on an electric scooter ride as they do on a drive around the, the city ride with a, a person, they're going to have a problem. Because that ain't, that ain't very sexy. Unicorns come from the land of sexy. I come from the land of sexy. Unicorns come from, you know, the, the Enchanted Forest, right? So the reality of Lyft in the next couple of quarters, it's, it's, I think it's going to be tough. Again, I, I haven't seen enough of the financials. I'm not intimate with, but it is out there. Oh, the things that we're looking at. Samsung's foldable smartphone is going to go on pre-sale April 15, but only for early signups. Now, I know, I know. Do we need a foldable phone? Or will this... Do you remember that we went through this little phase with 3D televisions? And I'm like, I don't know. Because I want to say maybe six years ago, the, the screen started getting more curved and they started adding 3D. I talked to a friend who went on a date with a guy and he's like, I got a 3D TV. And she's like, I got to see that. So he got her up to her, his apartment by saying, I have a 3D TV. And she's like, it was pretty stupid. So those are the stories. These are the days of our lives. So um, what am I trying to get at here? The Samsung foldable phone, I don't know if we need. I, I, I'm just being leery and cautious. I've heard that it's going to have some issues. The more you fold it, the the more the iPad version of the phone. It's a phone that flips. A phone turns into an iPad kind of idea or tablet. People who want to buy the Samsung Galaxy Fold foldable phone will be able to do so on Friday. Samsung's had problems in the past with batteries. Will Samsung have problems getting that foldable phone out? I don't know. I personally almost want to go back to the good old-fashioned cell phones, you know, the ones that weighed like five pounds. And it was like picking up a brick. So Samsung, people who receive the updates will join the private pre-order beginning April 15. That's ahead of Samsung's April 26 launch. The Galaxy Fold was announced in February. It's going to cost $2,000. Okay, that's another thing. Do we really want a $2,000 gadget? It's where technology is heading. Foldable phones. So, I, I will admit, you know, my iPhone X or whatever, iPhone 10, at times I'm like, I wish it was a little bit bigger. I, so I kind of want that iPad, that tablet feel, but you know what? I'll just buy a tablet. And then you go, but then you have two devices and people don't find you sexy and clean with nice lines. Marie Koto will be like, oh, you're not simple enough. we got to simplify you. One device, not two. I'm kind of fascinated with what Verizon's saying. They're talking 5G network and how incredibly limited it is. And 5G should be the next big thing for tech stocks. Will it or will it not be? Will a foldable phone beat 5G? I think it's going to be 5G myself. So, but you can get on pre-order. Woo-hoo! Now we're talking, baby. <laughs> I know you're saying... Did he just use the word baby in a sentence? Nobody knocked... Yeah, okay, I'll shut up. Nobody backed baby in the corner. 
Okay, I'm officially giving up. Hey, Game of Thrones is coming out this weekend. Now, you're saying, how is Game of Thrones going to be tied into the investment world? Well, there's AT&T who owns Time Warner. Time Warner has said, like, hey, our quality is better than Netflix's quantity. But they get a lot of valuation tied towards people paying that monthly subscription fee. And we see Disney's coming out with some stuff. So how is Game of Thrones... An investment story. It's all about streaming, baby. My question is, as they move into the final eight episodes or what have you, I don't care who wins. I kind of hope that the end, uh, the White Walkers hit a nuclear button and the whole world blows up. I know you're saying nuclear, nuclear bombs and no, that can't be. Well, maybe. Anyway, where, where am I going with this? Um, Time Warner, what's going to be their next hit, right? It's, it's all about product. Time Warner is a division of AT&T. Um, is Westworld enough to carry them? I think in season three of Westworld, the, the robots are going to enter the real world, and it's no longer going to be in the wild, wild west, but they're going to be in, like, whoa, modern day times. Will that be enough? HBO had Sopranos, and everyone talked about Sopranos, right? And then HBO had, uh, what were the sex kittens? What were they called? Uh, sex in the City, right? Um, and they're like, four women in New York wearing fabulous clothes and shoes and eating wonderful food, all with difficult love lives. And so they had that. And every now and then they'd show a little nudity and people got all like, woo, I need HBO. And then it's all about hit after hit after hit, right? What's going to be their next one? You know, The Wire was on HBO. That was awesome. But it wasn't as much of a hit. So, Game of Thrones, it's built. And it's like, if you take a look at AMC, The Walking Dead, AMC's publicly traded. A lot of people think Apple might be interested in buying a studio like an AMC for their past catalogs, but also for their ability to, to make hits. Now, The Walking Dead, uh, the first season was kind of a nice surprise. You know, it was based on a graphic novel, i.e. comic book series. And it, it kind of caught people's attention. You know, The Walking Dead, it wasn't the zombies. It's us who are The Walking Dead. We're the problems. So AMC has these hits. Now they, they come out with Fear the Walking Dead. They spin off another one. And then they now there's going to be another spinoff in The Walking Dead universe. Like, how often do you tap that franchise until it becomes obnoxious? Star Wars did it with the movie Solo. Hey, any, any movie, any Star Wars universe that, that taps Woody Harrelson to be a, a part of it? Nah. Probably a bad idea. You were probably hurting the long-term brand, right? So what will AT&T Time Warner do when Game of Thrones ends? There should be some pretty good programming announcements coming up soon. Otherwise, a lot of people are going to be canceling their service. Right? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 
One of the things, again, I want to mention ever so briefly is I'm going back just in honor of Game of Thrones. It's been a really kind of a cultural phenomenon. And who would have known that George R.R. R. Martin, uh, his fantasy series, would catch fire with people? It is reportedly the most expensive television show ever shot. Every episode's got a $15 million per episode budget. The entire cost of a season is about $90 million. It's got a whole tourist business in Europe that is thriving, as you can go see the actual locations where scenes have been shot. People are getting married there. Um, It's brought in 47 Emmy Awards, 128 nominations. It's had people like me stick around and continue to pay 10, 15 bucks for HBO every month. Whoa. I felt like I was getting my money's worth when you watch a whole episode and it's like a movie, right? The franchise has earned over a billion dollars. And it's going to be out there for a long time. Now, again, I've said that before and said things like uh, the Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson movies. You know, I'll be showing those to my kids. My kids will be showing those to their kids. So far, I haven't watched them yet again in the last 10, 15 years since they came out, but you get the idea. I thought it was going to happen. Now, hackers and pirates have tried been trying to figure out, you know, to break security to get in, like ruin the final episodes. Um, the final episode, they actually had to shoot multiple versions of it. And uh, some of the actors and actresses have said, like, hey, we're fooled. <laughs> Anyway, I bring this up in large part because um, just the phenomenon of it, it's in 186 countries, and it's probably been money well spent, and we're going to learn in the next couple weeks if uh, HBO's got another trick up their sleeve. I'm all about the old tricks up the sleeves, right? If you ever have any questions, you can call the show. I like when people call the show. I like when people call the show and are flirty and happy, wonderful people. I love it when people appreciate the area that they live in and the fact that we've got this amazing financial show. Leadership is in the transports today. Now, I like convoys. We got a great big convoy trucking down the line. Anytime I see trucks, they make me happy. It's kind of interesting when you like do a long drive to Truckee or Tahoe, you'll see a lot of Amazon trucks, a lot of Walmart trucks. And you can kind of like get caught up in that. But transports are a leading indicator. The stocks, when they're higher, they're telling you people are traveling and people are doing business. Delta had a good earnings report, better than expected revenue growth. Spirit Airlines, I don't know. I've heard nothing but bad things about Spirit Airlines. Ticker symbol is save. Uh, It's a bus in the air. You might as well save some dollars and sit next to some smelly people eating sandwiches that they were storing, oddly enough, in the crevices of their body fat. JetBlue. JetBlue is going to begin flights to London. Uh Uh-huh. I know you're saying that's your French accent. Well, it's kind of my London accent, too, because they're all snobs in Europe. Um, I know you're saying not all people are snobs in Europe. Some people aren't. Name one. So JetBlue is going to go to London. And again, that's their footprints getting bigger. Sometimes you judge companies like Game of Thrones, Time Warner with product. Intel has got product. JetBlue's got product. How many, how many butts are in seats? For sure. But they also have like how big their footprint can be. So transport's doing well, and I like that. Weekly initial jobless claims show that we're running at very low levels. Our economy has continued to expand. It has continued room to run. Not a lot of inflation, but people are working. 
So we got that going for us. S&P 500 is trading on the underside of 2,900. A lot of people see that round number as a technical resistance. And will we be able to retest all-time highs after we take out that number and hold that number? I get it. I hate it. I hate big round numbers. I hate them. I hate the idea that people go, Ooh, Dow 20,000. Now I'm going to invest. It's like you're a big bear who's lost. And you're, you're asking like the guy with a shotgun for directions back to the woods. It's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. I know you're saying shotgun, bears. You don't hunt. I, I, again, I'm not a hunter. I don't think I can hunt. I know I can eat animal, but killing animal, not me. I get too emotional. Anyhow, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. There's not a lot of big individual stories right now. Companies tend to go into what are called quiet periods, 30 days before they report their earnings. Um, so they're, they're going through their accounting right now. And they're going like, hey, Harry, look at this. We're going to blow out numbers. And they have to shut up. They can't start getting material information unless they give it to everyone because that's what the beauty of being a publicly traded company is. I don't like hard asset and hard money companies in large part because I just don't feel that there's enough disclosure of where your money's going. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. One of the things I want you to do is have a style guide when it comes to your plan on investing and have some basic trading rules like non-speculative versus speculative, less risk versus more risk, less stock volatility versus more stock volatility. Um, you know, what would a trade be that's non-speculative and what would a trade be that's speculative? Non-speculative trades are tied to companies that are typically of higher quality. So you could kind of say, well, even if the trade doesn't work out, I don't feel like the company is going to fall apart. For instance, like a ExxonMobil is going to be non-speculative because you know they're going to be around. They were around when you were a little kid. Unless nuclear fusion catches on and puts them completely out of business. Whereas a speculative might be a, a biotech company where you're thinking if they get this product, it's going to be a big home run. If it's cold winter, we're going to consume more natural gas and this natural gas pipeline is poised for perfection. Make it a habit not to hold a trade in earnings results. A lot of times you're, you're, you're buying on the rumor, you're selling on the news. So you have to have basic rules. When you think a stock can't go any lower, it can and it will. So start having, can you write down how you feel about stocks and your relationships with them? I'm putting together more and more write, written down rules. I got some at newfocusfinancial.com right now. It's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm going to put together some trading rules, but go check out newfocusfinancial.com and go download some downloadables right now and tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.